When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again, everybody, and welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. It's Emerson Phillips joined by Andrew Valencourt from TheWolverine.com. That is our Michigan Rivals Network partner, and Andrew is with us today to bring us the Michigan perspective as we get ready for this uh, Outback Bowl game between the Gamecocks and the Michigan Wolverines. Andrew, welcome in. Good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right, we appreciate your time today, Andrew. And uh, just at a glance here, Andrew, I'm looking at uh, you know the records for South Carolina and Michigan. The Gamecocks are 8-4, and four. Michigan also 8-4. and four. South Carolina five and three in the SEC this year. Michigan five and four in the Big Ten. And at a glance, Andrew, I'm looking at two teams that, that at least on paper seem to be very similar to me. You know, the Gamecocks really haven't beaten anybody this year, and I think the same could be said for Michigan. In fact, the two biggest wins for these two teams this year appear to be the season opening wins. South Carolina beat NC State in a neutral site game in Charlotte, and uh, F- Michigan beat Florida. Uh, to open the season as well, another neutral site ball game. But outside of that, uh, you know, the best teams that these two teams have faced, they both lost. You know, South Carolina losing to Georgia and Clemson late in the year. Both those teams were in the college football playoff. And Michigan losing to Michigan State, Penn State, and then two in a row at the end of the year, Andrew, uh, Wisconsin and Ohio State. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks to me on paper like neither of these two teams really beat anybody this year. Yeah, no, and that's, that's been the knock on Michigan all year long is that they haven't beaten anybody. Uh, Purdue winning their bowl game the other night uh, finally gave Michigan their first win over a team with a winning record this season. So uh, there, there's been a lot of pressure on Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan program this year to, you know, finally come away with, uh, you know, one of those uh, marquee wins. And this is South Carolina, at least up here, is seen as a team that uh, Michigan should, you know, match up well with. Um, There's a lot of optimism that they can finally, you know, get over the hump in this game. But, yeah, uh, I wrote a story the other day, and it's remarkable how similar uh, you know, kind of the way the season has gone for both of these teams. So it should be interesting to watch play out on the field. Tell us about Michigan. Questions about the quarterback. I know that uh, Brandon Peters suffered an injury, a concussion in the Wisconsin game and was not able to play against Ohio State. So this is the redshirt freshman, Brandon Peters, who threw four touchdown passes in five games this year, did not throw an interception, but was not able to play against Ohio State. Yeah, he's Brandon Peters is a guy that uh, – he was Michigan's best quarterback this year. Uh, he started out third string. Uh, there was a lot of expectations surrounding him at the beginning of the year, but uh, he ended up third uh, on the depth chart. And uh, because of injuries to both Spate and then poor play from John O'Corn, uh, Peters finally got his chance, and he's been very solid. Um, you know, he hasn't turned the ball over. Uh, he's efficient. Uh, they haven't asked him to do a whole lot within the offense yet, uh, but He's more than capable of making all the throws. Um, he's not—he's not really a mobile guy, but he can escape, you know, a hit in the backfield every every now and then. Uh, but he gives Michigan its best chance to win. Uh, I think a lot of people believe that both Wisconsin and the Ohio State games could have gone quite differently. Uh, 
had he been able to play through both games, um, I know the Wisconsin game had just started to turn right as he got hurt. Uh, but the Ohio State game, you know, up until the very end was, you know, was a nail biter. So uh, it's it's been a frustrating year for Michigan fans in terms of quarterback play. Um, but Peters has shown the flashes, and uh, this will really be his uh, first test against a another good team since he only had the, the two-and-a-half quarters against Wisconsin. Uh, most of his other starts came against subpar teams within the Big Ten. Okay. So uh, it'll be a big challenge for him. Talking with Andrew Valancourt here from TheWolverine.com. And, Andrew, I was reading on TheWolverine.com before we started the podcast today that uh, Jim Harbaugh has challenged Brandon Peters to kind of seize control of the offense here and, and take this job by the throat. And by all accounts, Harbaugh seems to think that uh, Peters is doing that in the bowl practices, you know, heading into the Outback Bowl. So a lot of encouragement surrounding Brandon Peters. Looks like he's healthy and he's ready to go for the Outback Bowl. And the addition of Shea Patterson, the transfer from Ole Miss, may have lit a little bit of fire under him, it sounds like. Yeah, I think that's exactly the case. Because uh, Brandon Peters is a very competitive guy, and Shea Patterson obviously is bringing a lot of hype, uh, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of potential there. And I think there's going to be a really good competition uh, in the spring, uh, assuming that Patterson is able to play right away. They're, both Michigan and Patterson's camp are both very optimistic that that's going to happen. Uh, and it's it's going to be quite the battle. But, yeah, Peters had, uh, he at first said that, you know, it didn't really bother him much. He didn't care so much about it. Uh, but then uh, the other day he came out again and was like, you know what, that, that did kind of light a fire under me. It's, you know, it's, nobody comes into my house to take my job, that kind of mindset, hmm. which is, is nice to see from the quarterbacks, uh, and it's going to be a battle going forward. All right, so on paper, again, uh, neither South Carolina nor Michigan very strong offensively, Andrew. The Gamecocks were 98th in the nation in scoring at 24 points a game. Michigan tied for 86th in the country at 26 points a game. And it's the Michigan defense that really has been the strength of that football team this year. Let's start there. Let's talk about the Michigan defense. And that front seven seems to be pretty nasty, Andrew. Yeah, the, the front seven is one of the best in the country. Uh, the defense as a whole is number three in total defense in the nation, number one in, uh, like you said, number one pass defense in the entire country. So uh, it's, it's a very, very strong uh, defense that has, for a good chunk of the season, single-handedly won Michigan games. Uh, instead of the offense that they're facing, controlling the pace of play, it's almost always Michigan's defense that does that. Uh, they like to sort of take a hold of that early and, and make sure that they're the ones in control. Uh, that front seven is led by uh, defensive tackle, fifth-year senior Maurice Hurst, uh, Mo Hurst. He's uh, most likely going to be a first-round pick, potentially early one. Um, and the guy's a monster. He's in the backfield almost every play. He has a really, really quick uh, jump off the snap. Um, he just has a really good internal timer and can get off uh, very quickly. Um, and then on the ends, he's got uh, Rashawn Gary, former number one overall recruit. He's had a very nice season. Uh, and then Chase Winovich at defensive end, who uh, led the Big Ten in sacks, and he's benefited a lot from you know playing on that line with uh, Gary and Hurst, and, and the three of them especially. Uh, Aubrey Solomon is a freshman. Uh, is at the other defensive tackle spot. He was a five-star coming in this year, and he's got a lot of talent and has played well of late also. Uh, but that they those guys can really get a lot of pressure. The linebackers, 
Kalik Hudson at the Viper spot, which is kind of a hybrid safety linebacker position. I think that's similar to the Buck spot uh, that South Carolina runs. And uh, so he's all over the field. Devin Bush is the team's leading tackler, a uh, very, very quick linebacker on the outside. And then uh, Mike McCray's on the inside. He's a very good run defender. Uh, so that front seven uh, is, is very tough. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of your colleagues over at GameTech Central uh, earlier this week about areas where South Carolina could potentially uh, take advantage of the Michigan defense. And within that front seven, the the only real spot where Michigan has been hurt this season uh, has been on plays that target Mike McCray at the middle linebacker position. Uh, he's a great run defender, but he's a little bit slower on pass coverage. And so teams like Penn State were able to take advantage of putting Saquon Barkley on him out in the pass game. Uh, slot receivers, tight ends, things like that uh, have been able to get to Michigan every now and then. Uh, and then in the, in the secondary, uh, Lavert Hill, David Long are the two starting corners. Uh, both have been lockdown guys, and the safeties have had their had their moments as well. Uh, so overall, it's a very very tough unit, and it's, it's going to be a challenge for for Jake Bentley in that South Carolina offense. Compounding problems, perhaps, for the Gamecocks is the fact that uh, just a few days after the end of the regular season, Will Muschamp fired Kurt Roper, who was the Gamecocks offensive coordinator and play caller. So the Gamecocks are going to turn to Brian McClendon, the wide receivers coach, to call plays for this Outback Bowl game against Michigan. Andrew, how much has Michigan talked about uh, the change of play callers for the Gamecocks, and how much of a factor do you expect that to be in the ball game? I don't know that Michigan has talked a lot about it, um, I don't know that they're particularly concerned uh, about the change, but uh, I do know that it, it might affect the pace of play. Uh, it sounds like uh, Roper had the group not playing as fast, uh, maybe of a tempo as they would have wanted, and that could change here in the bowl game. So there could be uh, it could change a little bit in terms of the way Michigan does things on defense, but uh, overall, I don't know that it's going to be as big of a factor uh, that that maybe it might seem on surface um, because Michigan has played uh, quite a handful of teams that have, have run a, a faster tempo, uh, faster-paced offense, and they haven't had too many issues with that. Uh, Penn State really is just the one game that sort of was, uh, you know, all on its own where, where that defense just sort of got taken advantage of by Penn State. But um, overall, yeah, I, I just don't know that it's going to be as huge of a factor um, I haven't heard too many comments from Michigan staff or players uh, about that change. And that, that's sort of been their MO all year, is that they just they focus on themselves. Uh, they like to be the ones, like I said, to kind of control uh, the way things go. And I think that's sort of their mindset going into that. Andrew, we've talked extensively about uh, the quarterback position for Michigan and Brandon Peters, but uh, the Michigan rushing attack, very strong all year. Michigan number three in the Big Ten in rushing this year, led by Karan Higdon who is just 71 yards short of 1,000 for the season. So, you know, does Michigan look to throw the ball more with Peters healthy, particularly if he's had a good uh, bowl camp and, you know, some good practices heading into the bowl game? Does the offensive strategy or play calling for Michigan at all uh, seem to change in any way, or will this be a, a run-first football team in the Outback Bowl? It's going to be a run-first football team, but I would expect it to be a little bit more balanced and maybe it has been uh, during the few games that Peters was starting earlier in the season. Um, I, I think that 
Higdon has been battling some injuries. Uh, I think he's supposed to be fully healthy for the game. Um, so they will ride him out. Uh, Chris Evans will get in there a lot, too. He's stepped up for Michigan in uh, certain games this year. Uh, is a nice number two. And but I, but I do think that Peters will get get a chance to air the ball out a little bit more. He's got some receiving talent. Uh, they're Donovan Peoples-Jones, a couple tight ends, things like that, that he can take advantage of. And if that confidence really is there where it sounds like it is, uh, then I think Peters himself will want to make sure that he's able to throw the ball, you know, at least 20 times in the game. But he hasn't really done that. I'd have to go back and check all the box scores, but I don't know if he's even attempted 20 passes in a game this season. Uh, so, so they do like to lean heavily on the run um, this season, which has made sense given the quarterback play overall. Michigan a seven and a half point favorite as we record here on Friday, December the 29th, and we got a noon kickoff on ESPN two in the Outback Bowl, South Carolina and Michigan coming up on Monday on New Year's Day. Andrew, talk about the importance of winning this game for Michigan just to build some momentum going into next year. This is Harbaugh's third year. And Michigan, you know, was eight and two, but then they lost the last two games of the season, and I have to feel like that was very deflating for not only the uh, the football program but for the fan base as well. So, talk about the importance of reestablishing some momentum going into next year. Yeah, it's crucial for Michigan to come away with a win and get that next year started off strong, uh, and mainly because so much of this team is coming back. Uh, Michigan's only losing a couple starters uh, next year. And in fact, I can only think of four total on either side of the ball uh, off the top of my head. And it's it's crucial because this year was just so up and down. There's that whole thing of not being a, a team with a winning record, which I guess now they technically have. But it's it's obviously a little bit different when you're talking about regular season versus you know oh they they finished seven and six because of a bowl win. Um, so South Carolina is a team that. Uh, you know, they're not a pushover. They're a team that is going to, you know, pose a challenge and would be looked at as a nice win. And I think that that would give a lot of confidence to them. It would, you know, it'd be a boost for Jim Harbaugh, who's had to deal with lately now the, the losing records against his rivals in, in Ohio State and Michigan State. So it, it would do a lot. It's just something you don't want to add another loss to the fire uh, at this stage in the game. Uh, it's, you know, winning seems to solve everything. So uh, it, it is a big game, despite what people may say. Andrew, how much has this season, and particularly the two losses at the end of the year, hurt Jim Harbaugh? Is he still very popular among the Michigan fan base? Yeah, I mean, he's still wildly popular. He's, he's not going anywhere. It's, but there is some pressure that's started to build up. The, the, the honeymoon phase that was going on for the first, you know, two and a quarter, two and a half years, I think that started to fade a little bit. Uh, but I think that fans still recognize that he gives Michigan, the, you know, the best chance to win. That there were certain things stacked against him this season, whether it be how young the team was or uh, certain aspects uh, within the schedule or things like that. But um, he's he's getting more flack from, I guess more, you could say, the national media or um, you know, radio, you know, talk radio, things like that, um, for not winning and Mark Antonio up at Michigan State having the success that he is this season uh, is obviously kind of making that uh, the the pressure on Harbaugh come out a little bit more. Um, So there is some pressure there. It's not quite as, you know, 
it's not quite the same love affair that it was at first, but he's still very popular. Um, and I think that there are very, very high expectations for next season. Um, and it's that if, if things don't go Michigan's way next year, that's when things I think will, will start to heat up a little bit more with fans being unhappy. All right. It should be a good matchup here, South Carolina and Michigan. I know the Gamecocks are very excited uh, for, for the opportunity to play a quality opponent like Michigan from the Big Ten and uh, really get a, a springboard into next year. I think nine wins will be a huge accomplishment for South Carolina if they can get there. But, again, Michigan is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite heading into this Outback Bowl game. And our guest today has been Andrew Valancourt with the Wolverine.com. That's our Rivals Network partner covering the Michigan Wolverines. Andrew, thanks very much for your time and your insight. Good to have you today. Thank you. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. That's Andrew Valancourt from TheWolverine.com, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us, and Happy New Year.